Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, this is episode one. Actually, technically episode two, because I had to put up a trailer for the show just in order for us to get our podcast feed going. But technically episode two of the Thompson to Clark podcast, a new podcast with myself and my good friend who I'm about to introduce here in a second, Brad Evans. Uh, The reason why you are hearing this is because uh, we just wanted to do a Giants podcast. And um, I think it is out there in all the feeds. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, I will post the RSS feed if if you have a player that that you can't find it and stuff. But so first of all, before we even start, really appreciate those of you who do get to listen to this because uh, this is a new venture for us. And uh, I'm gonna bring on my uh, my co-host now. He is a he's a legend in my book. Ha. San Jose State. I, I'll, I'll tell quick As story only introducing book. him. <laughs> my my quick story. The way that I remember this is Brad Evans was the sports director at San Jose State's KSJS. I was super excited about sports radio. I wanted to do baseball. I mean, that was my thing. I wanted to do play-by-play somehow, some way. But the thing that I couldn't figure out, the thing that I didn't know necessarily how to do, or if I really wanted to do it, was do the hours at KSJS, doing the all-nighters, doing the uh, being, you know, doing doing the radio shows, the DJ stuff. And I just kind of never got to it. But Brad was so kind to let me do the weekend sports radio show. So that's how I got to know Brad. And I think I even did stats for you one night for like a San Jose State basketball game. It might have been many nights. I, we, we had <laughs> I so many rem- people coming in and out. I mean, I, <clears throat> we loved it. That was great. And then also engineering back in the studio, pulling the clips of the highlights during the San Jose Giants games. I mean, getting ahead of myself, but. Yeah, so uh, I remember I was I was doing stats for you, for you and uh, Chris Townsend, oh, who yeah. also went to San Jose State and who then went on to KMBR and now is doing stuff with the A's, uh, their uh, their internet uh, broadcasting network. They're not even on a terrestrial radio show right. radio a- right now. A's Cast, correct? A's Cast. A's Cast. So and 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 Townsend was like, well, why are you doing? The, uh, the stats, how come you're not doing any of the, the radio stuff? And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't get my hours in to, you know, to, to do the all-nighter stuff. And so I, I'm not really technically qualified <laughs> to do it. And and then I started working for KMBR, so I never got back to doing the the, the stuff on radio. But it's, it's one of my, you know, I don't have too many things that I look back on and go, ah, like, why didn't I do that? But the one thing I do, do regret is not doing radio shows with you or not doing calls with you for games like that's one thing where i was like you know i just really wanted to do stuff with brad now here we are how many ever years later i won't i won't put that out there (laughs) well we're gonna have to because i i'm gonna have to tell you when i was the san jose giants play-by-play guy because right right i don't want people to think it was yesterday we'll do that we'll do that but you know but now i get to do this with you so i'm super jazzed i'm super psyched here he is Brad Evans. Brad, tell us about yourself and kind of what you did and and what you do today, because I'm super jazzed just to kind of do this with you. Well, I, you know, and like you said, we've been talking about this for I don't know how long. So this is awesome to do. My first time doing a podcast, uh, coming from the radio world to doing this, it's familiar, but it's different. And I like it. It's a, it's a nice venue to just kind of you know, talk, have fun, have a good time. And so I just don't want anybody to think, Hey, this is going to be hardcore statistics. This is going to be, you know, everything that's happening with the giants. There's enough of that out there right now. If if you just want to talk about, you want to hear a couple people talk about the giants, you want to join in, you want to throw some stuff at us for the next podcast. That's awesome because we just, we like the fun part of the giants. We like, we like the team, the camaraderie. Um, you know, we were around it for so many years, um, I'm in my, you know, forties ish. And so I've been a fan since I was a little dude and, uh, starting out at San Jose state, I think it was 97. And, uh, there was a guy named Robert Weinerth who was the, uh, sports director at the time. He was doing giants games with a couple other people. He pulled me into this to do a San Jose giants game and I was hooked. 
I mean, just being a big Giants fan, that was it. All I wanted to do was talk about the Giants and talk about baseball. And so I had that opportunity to do that. And what, uh, what familiar players to people listening to this would have been playing for San Jose at that time? Let's see. I want to say it was 98. I, I got to look this up. Um, might've been around 98 when Vogel song was uh, drafted by the Giants ended mm-hmm. up in San Jose that year. So we did a couple games where he pitched, um, I've got some tapes somewhere of a post game with him. I want to try to pull that for the podcast. That'll be awesome. Uh, so many cool things. Um, <clears throat> Damon Miner was there, uh-huh. crushing forty home runs a year. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers Mike Glenn Denning. So it was Glenn Denning. And oh yes, Miner. I remember him. Those guys were hitting thirty home runs uh, each year uh, together. Um, oh man, was uh, was Ortiz? Was Russ Ortiz? there at that time he was not um he had been there i want to say might have been the year or two after Mm. i left i was there from 97 to about 99 okay right yeah right around 99 i might have done a couple games in 2000 uh and then you know at san jose state i also had plenty of music shows garrett and i love to talk music um that might come up on occasion I, I will tell you, one of my memories is after we did that Saturday, uh, the Saturday sports show, the next person who was supposed to take the next, uh, the next show was late. And so I think it was a hip hop show. And so you come in and, and you're just like, okay, well, I'll just put the next record on until they get here. It was a tribe called, a tribe called Quest. Da booty. That was the that was the actual song that you played, Fantastic waiting jam. for the person to get there. Yeah, what a memory, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and and you were a Tribe Called Quest fan at the time, also still Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Um, I had been since uh, probably my freshman year. No, sorry, junior year of high school, somewhere in there. <clears throat> Huge hip hop fan, and so and that's one show I never had at KSJS was a hip hop show. Uh, I didn't think I could pull it off. I liked what I liked. Uh, probably wasn't popular with everybody else. <laughs> I don't know how many people in the late 90s wanted to hear the Humpty Dance anymore. <laughs> uh, so so I kind of shied away from that. I had a ska punk show. I had a country oh, yeah. show that I'd do. Oh, yeah. Remember the country show on Saturday nights? That was fun. Yeah. Classic country show. Play some Johnny Cash and go all the way back to like Hank Sr. But anyways. Well, so, you know, now we get to do this because uh, you agreed. And, 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 you know, I've been, I've been kind of badgering you here and there over <laughs> it the wasn't, years. It's not badgering. No, because I wanted to do it. It was just a matter of kids and oh, yeah. life. You know, we, both, and, we both have families. Yeah, and things have slowed a down a little bit right now. So. You know, that's, that's one thing I can be thankful yeah. for when it comes to the, uh, the shutdown and the quarantining now. This is a very selfish thing, right? Because everyone, <laughs> well, you know, this is a bad moment in 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 you know in in history. It is, but because we're all sort of at home, um, and and you know, we're 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 creative people. To be to be in radio, you kind of have to be creative in that way. And I've just had so many ideas come to me, and you know, I'm about to get married this weekend, and and I know uh, Crystal, my fiance, is probably thinking like, you agreed to do another <laughs> podcast. Who is like, this don't... Brad guy? <laughs> and so, um, you know, but but it, it, it it's it's something with with this crazy giant season because it got delayed. The baseball season got delayed. We were able to kind of get this together at the last minute, and you know the the games just started last weekend, so we have a four gamer that we can talk about. We'll talk a little bit about the team, and you know the kind of what we think about this season. But before we get there, I do want to ask you, All right. because we talked about you know when we were doing this show about maybe having a drink while we do it to kind of pull back, cool out, you know, just have fun with it. W- you just what are pulled you- back the curtain. <laughs> what 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 are what are you sipping on while we do this show? I am sipping on. <clears throat> uh, I like my I like my rye bourbons right now. Mm. That's what I'm into. So I've got a Redemption High Rye. Um, it's a really nice bourbon. I like it in a Glencairn whiskey glass mm-hmm. with two mm-hmm. small ice cubes, especially nice. during July. Now bourbon in winter, maybe no ice cubes, but mm-hmm. it's July, so you got to have that cool down. So I, I'm I'm 
I wish I was drinking something as cool as you, though I do have redemption, not the rye, but I do have okay. a redemption bourbon. I like all redemption. In, in my cabinet. Uh, I really like that brand. But I will tell you, I was at Safeway doing some grocery shopping. You know, now nowadays you're you're only going to the store once every two weeks and wearing a mask and wearing gloves. And so, I uh, you know I, I mostly buy my my uh, alcohol on uh, I think it's called Total Wines because they do they do free uh, free um, not free delivery but they do delivery around here. So we you know, do the, the lo- um, where we're at in Nevada. We get to pull into the parking lot, call them up, and say we're here, and they bring it on out to the car. Yeah, that's awesome. So usually, uh, you know, Crystal is uh, you know we'll get we'll get several bottles of wine for her, and then I'll need to take the order over a hundred bucks so that they'll do the actual. So this is the actual delivery. And usually I'll, I'll just find, I'll find a bottle. It's called, oh, you know, I haven't tried this and I haven't tried that. And it's, you know, 30 bucks or whatever. And so that's how most of the stuff that's in my cabinet, that's how I get it. But I saw, <laughs> I was at the grocery store and I'm not necessarily a, a Jameson guy. I know there were okay. diehard Jameson fans, but Jameson had something called Jameson cold brew infused with cold brew coffee. So being a coffee fan, I was like, what does that even taste I would try like? That. And so I had to get it. And it's it's cool. It's interesting. It's 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 definitely like a almost a conflict of tastes. <laughs> and so you kinda of like one sip is a little harder on the whiskey side and one right. sip is a little harder on the coffee side. But you know, I I like it. It's it's, it's pretty cool. And I like to buy stuff that, you know, I, I I don't just drink one specific thing. I do try a variety of stuff. You know, and I'm that way with, with beer and bourbon. <clears throat> I could go all over the place with bourbon. Right now it's this. Um one of my favorite bottles, and I'm gonna give them a plug. But it's uh, one of my favorite bottles. Fifteen bucks is Evan Williams bottled in Bond, the white hmm. label. That thing tastes like a sixty-dollar bottle of bourbon. Wow, fantastic! You were the one. You were the one that actually turned me on to uh, Trader Joe's too. Oh yeah. And and uh, you know you had mentioned that their their Trader Joe's stuff was pretty good, and so then I would I would go and, and pick up something here and there with Trader Joe's too. So yeah, there's all kinds of, you know, if you if you try stuff out, you'll find kind of diamond in the rough kind of stuff. Oh, for sure. All right, so there there you have it. Your whiskey hour. If this was a whiskey podcast, we'd be done. But instead, this is a Giants podcast. So. What I want to do is I want to just quickly talk about this weekend. We won't go super in-depth on it. Uh, We'll come back to it. But just the idea that the Giants go to Dodger Stadium, they get outscored 22-10 to in a four-game series, and they come out with a split. What the hell was going on? How did well, it, we come out of that with a split? It feels like we won the series. It does. It totally does. After those, and, two if, games, and if you're a Dodgers fan, you have to feel like you lost. You that lost, series. right? You, I mean, you, if you're a Dodger fan, <clears throat> I first of all, I feel sorry for you. Number two, <laughs> if you're a Dodgers fan, you had this series in the bag after those two games. Oh yeah, the Giants were handing you games. Were handing you. Innings, handing you runs, handing you anything they wanted. I mean, that uh, Bellinger gets into a rundown between uh, third and home just to get two guys over <laughs> into scoring position. And next, you get a little dribbler, you score a run, then another run comes across. That at that point, it was two to one, and then all of a sudden, now it's nine to one. Uh, so, I mean, the Giants were just so. Yes, after those two games, I thought, <laughs> man. Are we watching the worst team in baseball? Because <laughs> I truly felt that way. But it, it crossed my mind. Yeah, completely different uh, Saturday and Sunday games. I mean, I was I was floored with Saturday and Sunday's games. Very very excited now. Okay, so uh, we'll come back to this uh, before you know. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about more, more about this series. And we'll talk about the next series and our overall just expectation with the team, but. You and I were both sort of in the same shoes, which is, who in the blue hell are some of these guys? I'm and, still in those shoes. And, and you know, I, I was trying to figure, I was like, okay, like, you know, why did I know last year's team so much better than this year's team? And, and the reason is, is because they had a full spring training. And so we were able to watch guys. We kind of had an idea who was going to make the team, who who might have been the outsiders, you know, who the Connor what was that guy's name? Connor Joe, Connor Joe, Connor or whatever. Joe. But but also you had Bochi, so you knew if you had a certain type of guy, 
you knew what he was going to do for the team. Yes. We very don't true. know that this year. Very true. You know, I've, I've already said this on Twitter. I've already gone over the amount of times I gave myself to screw up Gabe Kapler and call him Gabe Kaplan. I've yeah. like done it like five times already. And I told myself, okay, five is the limit. And I've already gone over it for the whole season. So I have to be really good with not only just in saying it, but in writing it. Gabe I loved Kapler. Yeah, huge Welcome Back Cotter fan. So I, don't, <laughs> I don't mind at all. It gives me a chance to go on and razz you with pictures of Gabe Kaplan. Exactly. No, and it's not even razzing. It's like great. <laughs> like I love it. Okay, so the the beginning of the season, obviously with the COVID-19 situation, spring training kind of gets kicked off, but it stops. And they shut the whole thing down. Major League Baseball looks into all kinds of different ways to possibly have a season. One of those ways was to try to do with the NBA and the UFC, actually. UFC actually you know, was kind of the leader in this, which is to do somewhat of a bubble, which is uh, what's going on in, in uh, Florida right now with the NBA and the WNBA, actually. And baseball was like, mm, we're not so sure about that. We're not sure if that's going to work. And they decided to do something that's a lot riskier, I think, which is to trust that their players um, aren't wilding out, you know, when when they're not playing. But also, you know, they're going to trust these the teams to figure out the social distancing and to whether or not you're wearing a mask versus when you're playing. I know Bryce Harper was wearing a mask on the base paths yesterday, and what we find out is he did so because. The Phillies did not believe the Marlins were being responsible with uh, with how they were running the show, and and I think a lot of folks, you know, and then they knew there were there was a there was a call uh, about three Marlins players uh, testing positive, and then four. they had to sort of four, and then all of a sudden today, and yeah, and then all the guys so, today, yeah. I, so, I don't blame the guy. I mean, yeah, and you, and, you, you know, have a team that's being irresponsible like that, or allegedly being irresponsible. Now we see with 14, 13, 14 positive tests. Yeah. I would be in the same boat, and managers have come out today and said, I'm scared. Dave Martinez, manager of the Nationals, said, I have a heart condition. I went from an 8 to a 12 on a scale of 1 to 10 of being scared. Absolutely. And, and this is, you know, when, when you try to normalize this situation, right? Like everybody, we, we, I don't know when you and your family basically shut things down, but you know, Crystal has a, has a counting. She's been counting the days that we've, Our, we've stuck ourselves. Ours was out. March 16th. I mean, we've, we've gone out, we've gone camping where you can distance, you can be in your own campsite, you know, we we're doing stuff like that, but we're not going out to restaurants. We're not right. doing that type of stuff. It's just not in our favor. I've got asthma. One of my daughters has asthma. It's just not, you know, it's not for us. And, and that's so smart. But, you know, if you are an entertainment industry like Major League Baseball is, uh, you, you in, in order for these guys to make their money, they obviously have to play. These teams need to play, uh, need to have games for these TV contracts to kick in. Mm-hmm. And so there is a expect- an expectation that they try their best to come back. And, you know, I think most people said, okay, if this thing, you know, if sports happens, the NBA's bubble idea is a really good idea if they can pull it off. But the baseball and football idea, which is basically to have no fans and and, and trying to limit the uh, the traveling, does not seem like a great idea. And I think that's what we're seeing now. Do I expect Major League Baseball to shut down? I'm unsure but I thought there was a chance that they were going to have to do some starting and stops. And if you look at the way that the schedule is built, there's very few days off in, in the, in the 60 game sprint. So 60 games in 67 days. And so, you know, what we're seeing right now, the hope uh, on my end is like, okay, we figure out what happened in, uh, in Miami with, with the Marlins and let's, you know, basically stop that whatever they were doing, you know, come on, Don Mattingly, you you know, what what? you go to Philly, you got to go out for a cheesesteak. True, true. Yeah. But, you know, so hopefully what happens is that they learn from this and we can kind of do it in a safe way. But I much like, you know, when I saw the amount of positives happen uh, on that roster, I was like, man, how how can you, you know, responsibly play? But then there are others who will say, well, that's why you have 30 man roster. You know, that's why right now 
you can you can pull from so many so many guys. You know, all you need is you know, I don't know how many you would need at, at a minimum, fifteen or eighteen or whatever. But you know that 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 is why they they built the rosters that way. But those rosters are going to come down. They're going to come down to twenty six, I think, in the next month. So and, they're going to they have to may, figure it out. They may change that. They may say, look, you know, when it comes down to it in a couple of weeks, they could say, look, we've, we're just having too many positive tests. We can't go down to 26. So that's also a possibility. You know, the most frustrating thing for me is that they had a plan in place. They had a bubble. I mean, they had, we're going to do the Grapefruit League and we're going to do the Cactus League. We're going to yeah, basically that's, do what that's, we that's do That's kind of built in, right? Yeah. It's built into their, to their, pro, to it's their, there. they yeah. do it every year. Yeah. So that's the most frustrating thing to me. You had that in place. You could have gone with that, kept guys in an area. I mean, Florida's a hotbed, but look, the bubble is working mm-hmm. for the NBA right now. You got a couple guys who are missing tests here and there and, and whatnot. But two or three guys out of how many play in the NBA, uh, you know, baseball could be looking at that right now, but... And the NBA also has the the one of the greatest things that that has ever been built, which is the snitch line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if you go out of your you know if you screw up, man, CP three and LeBron, they're calling that snitch line. That's to right, get your you parents out of are going to tell on you, man. Exactly. Okay, so one of the wonky things you know that that is part of this season throughout you know the season started. Um, on uh, Thursday, uh, the first few games started on Thursday. Do you know that out of all the teams, everyone has at least one loss? Yeah. No one went undefeated. I was looking at the standings. I want to say it was yesterday afternoon, and I saw all these two and ones and one and twos. And this yeah. is amazing. <laughs> when was the last time? I mean, there's no team that's starting out 0 and 8 this year or 10 and 0. I mean, it's just not going to happen. But. Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> I think that plays in the fact that I heard somebody mention today that they're seeing a lot of crisp, good baseball, and I thought, <laughs> which games are they watching? Because I, every game I've watched, I've got MLB.tv, so I, I'm indulging, I'm working from home, I'm flipping around all day long, and I'm sitting there going, this is not crisp baseball, this is March spring training baseball, Yeah, which yeah. is still better than no baseball. Right, right. So the uh, the Giants roster. So when they broke, I guess camp. Technically, is it camp? I don't. Know. It's not really uh, camp. Summer camp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they uh, we we know Buster Posey opted out this season. He's he's got some uh, t- twins that he adopted. He and his wife adopted, and they are. Um, you know, they're, I think they are preemies. They're preemies, and I mean, I, I don't blame the guy. That just kicked off the entire weird year for Giants mm-hmm. fans. Because as you know, as a Giants fan, and myself, and I, I know I speak for you, we're not ready to see this team without Buster Posey yet. No, it looks it's it, it, it you know this is this is definitely like at some point. Sure, it's gonna there's going to be a point where he's he's not there. I mean, we're having to deal with that, you know, with Bumgarner right now, right? But yeah, we, we this this is five years in the future, not right now. Exactly, and that, I think that was kind of a big like, oh, this is going to be a weird year because now who's going to play catcher? Oh, Bart's going to play catcher. No, nope, yep. he's not yep. ready yet. You know, I I'm sure it's the it's the whole service year thing and whatnot, but uh, that that type of thing bugs me. But we're not going to see him for another week or so, maybe. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully, Farhan doesn't mess with us. And I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope not too, because I did pick him up on our fantasy team, and I oh, wow. stash him. So he's, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for that run. Yeah, I guess I should say that. Like part of the part of the way that you and I have kept in touch is you've had a fantasy baseball and fantasy football league that I think we go all the way back to like the late 90s. Late 90s. I believe I started football in 99 and I started baseball 98. So yeah, we've been, we've been going at it for a long time. Yeah. So that, that, that's part of why we've been able to to keep in touch. So that's, which has been awesome. And and, oh yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, we, we come out of, uh, out of whatever we want to call that summer camp or whatever with no buster uh brandon belt is hurt and evan longoria is hurt they both start the season on the 10-day dl with the hope that they are ready for the second 
series of the year, which starts on Tuesday. We record as of recording this on, on Monday night. So hopefully those guys will be back because I think the lineup needs it. And the lineup needs a little bit of stability, though. You know, the way that they're going to manage this is they're, they will probably have a different starting lineup for, I would say, the majority of the games. I don't think they're going to have too many same, same starting lineups unless, you know, they, they, they go on a bit of a roll and, and you don't want to screw with the lineup. Right. And and at this point right now, you can't take Darren Ruff out of the lineup. So that's why I think we saw him for a few innings in left field, breaking down walls out there. Running not, through knocking walls. Knocking down fences. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big boy. But you you got to keep him in the lineup because, <clears throat> I mean, you're talking about a, a Korean baseball league guy the last three years with 86 plus jacks. home runs. Yeah. I mean, gosh, that is amazing. So, yeah, it would be, Get him over here. Get a little pop into the lineup. Um, get Belt in there at first base. Um, good at bat guy. I mean, you know, Giants fans have a love hate with Belt. Um, I've always just liked the guy. Yeah, he's there. He's great defense. Um, you know, when he's not getting some weird injuries, he's always <laughs> he's always good God, for us. Just such a bad luck. Like who gets <sighs> donked in the head as much as he does? Like, well, yeah, just a throw to first base, get donked oh in the head, God. and he's out. I mean, I can't remember what year that was, but he was gone for quite a while. A concussion, uh, but that's another steady bat. Longo, another steady bat in the lineup. I mean, you're talking. You add a belt and Longo's years. That's a lot of years missing of experience from the yeah. lineup. And which would help in this situation because, you know, the 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 team is so new. Crawford is really kind of the the thread right now, with at least with the with the everyday players, and and you bring those guys back, and I think that brings a little bit of, of normalcy back. But the the one thing I was going to say is, uh, you mentioned Belt. You know, I, I will just let people know now. I'm an, I'm I have pom poms for for Brandon Belt, and it kind of started as a joke. I was going to let you say it. <laughs> like it started as a joke because when he came out of uh, I think he came out of Texas, is like second round draft pick. And I thought, wow, you know, this guy is big and he's long and he's first baseman. And, you know, we're always looking for, you know, Will Clark replacement, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's our guy, you know, from yeah. the late. You got another, and and J.T. Snow did a pretty good job of, oh, yeah. uh, of that. He was great defensive player, cl- clutch hitter at points. Uh, and then so Brandon Bell, you're like, oh, maybe this is the Will replacement. So I just kind of hung on to him. Like, and, I, you know, if you if you say, here's a guy, we're going to draft him in the second round. And he's going to play every day for us, the exception, you know, he does get hurt a little bit. Right. And we're going to win two World Series with him. And he's going to win a game for us in the 18th inning with a home run. Like, I'm good with that. Like, if yeah, you yeah. go back to the day he's drafted and you tell people this is going to be who he is, you're like, I'm in. I'm sold. Let's do it. But because you see these glimpses of him going on terrific hot streaks, playing really good defense, and then he'll just go the other way. Right. He has such a love hate relationship. But I'm I, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan, and I will always toot his horn because out you know it's he's just another draft pick that hit for them. Even if fans think that he should have hit a little bit more for them. Right. And I wouldn't I wouldn't have you any other way. I mean, you, you are you are the belt guy. <laughs> you are the biggest belt guy that I know. I will, I will shout out. I will shout out two other people. Okay. Who? Who? Because this is part of the joke. Is I have a friend uh, Ashley Payne, and she's a big belt uh, fan. And so we kind of did it together when he started getting a lot of the negativity. And, and so Ashley is uh, early Twitter. Uh, you know, when 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 I first got on Twitter, we I, I would search for San Francisco Giants hashtag because I wanted to sort of see who else out there was a fan. And so we kind of created this little, this little group on Twitter. And she was one of the people in that group. And so we kind of bonded about that. And in our, uh, I'll mention the Facebook group that we've created sort of for this podcast, but also because I've just had this Thompson to Clark page over the last 10 years. And we kind of turned it into a group. Uh, Ashley's mother, uh, her name is Kit. She's one of my favorite people in this group. Uh, she and I like to go back and forth, so so I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Payne family, big Brandon Belt fan. So so they're they're good in my book. And I I have seen that name on there, so I I do know she's been around for a long time on on your page. Oh yeah. And oh, so yeah. if you're listening right now, hop on that page, check it out. It's on Facebook, Thompson to Clark. It's a private group, right? So you just yep gotta... yep. You just but if you if you ask to be in, we're gonna let you in. The only thing I ask is. 
N- no one being disrespectful mm-hmm. and no trolls. If that happens, right. then nah, we'll, you know, we'll have to boot you out. You could find some other place to, to hang out. Okay, so going back to this roster, uh, 16 pitchers, 14 position players right out of the gate. And like you, I said, who are half of these guys? So Joe McCarthy, Caleb Barriger, Barriger or Barriger? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny Jimenez all make the team, yeah. made their first opening day roster. You got to have those pitchers. I was looking at the the breakdown of the righties and the lefties, and for teams that are stacked with some, you know, goofy throwing lefties, this is like a dream, man, because when you're facing a Dodger lineup like you were, and they're going, I mean, you've seen that lineup. That's like murderer's row. One through left, one through eight. Jeez. It's insane. Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, all the way down. They don't stack it, you know? So you with this early season uh, roster the way it is, you can pump out some lefties to go after Bellinger, you, can, you know, and then here's a righty to go after Turner. So you mm-hmm. can do all that stuff. You can play with that. But yeah, is it going to be different in a couple of weeks? And and uh, the thing uh, I actually read a cool story. Uh, Andrew Baggerly in the Athletic, he wrote a little bit about uh, Caleb. He didn't even have a locker in Scottsdale, but he did come through the farm system. And um, he, it sounds like he his whole sort of prospect status changed. Like I think he was just sort of a just a, a you know someone to fill out the the, the roster. And he made a switch with uh, Matt Daniels, who is their like their pitching sciences coach. He's like the voodoo guy, right? Yeah. And he changed the way that Caleb threw the fastball, and that literally took him from just being a, a roster filler to an actual prospect to someone who makes the major league roster. Who I don't, I, I think he maybe pitched in uh, in AAA last year in the playoffs, but had right. mostly been a Double A guy. He was the. Bobby Mercer, Triple A Championship MVP last year for the Red mm. Cats, and and you know you 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 get to see the the trip some of the Triple A guys come through because you live in in Reno. Right. So did uh, do you, anybody on this team of of all these new guys? Do you remember seeing anybody come through? You know, uh, we didn't get a chance to get out to too many games last year. Um, I don't really recognize any of these guys from last year. Uh, a couple of years ago when Pence did a, a nice little um, rehab assignment here, I got to uh, I got to follow him. You know, I follow him on, uh, on Instagram and he went mm-hmm. to a coffee shop and he had actually been to a coffee shop that I, I walked by like an hour earlier and I was oh, like, wow. oh, I just missed him. Not that I was going <laughs> to stop him, but you know, it's Pence. He wouldn't care. Oh, yeah. No. And and the guy like drinks like 20 cups of coffee a day. Exactly. And, you know, but since we are the AAA affiliate, uh, Reno Aces, uh, AAA affiliate for the Diamondbacks, I'm very familiar with the Diamondbacks roster. Um, you know, watching those guys, Archie Bradley, um, of course, I say very familiar and now I can't think of the names. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Ahmed, you know, guys like that who have come up um, – Corbin, uh, a lot of those guys, you know, we've seen them play a lot in Reno, uh, which is always fun. And I try to get out whenever Fresno is here and now Sacramento. Uh, but again, it's, it's just difficult at the time, but we do, they actually are starting to broadcast some of those triple A games on TV. So that's kind of fun. So you already talked about Darren Ruff and his right. 86 jacks in the, mm-hmm. in the Korean league. So coming out of, um, coming out of this, uh, this, the spring training or summer training or whatever it is. Uh, Billy Hamilton was someone who they thought yeah. would be on the roster and he did not make the team out of the gate. I think he is going to be in the satellite camp in Sacramento, but you know, there, there's a sort of a mystery behind him and, and, and in today's day and age, anytime there's a mystery medical reason, we sort of just go, Oh, he, he had COVID-19. Sure. And that, that's what's going to happen when, when they're not basically saying, you know, what, what the reason is. And I, I don't think it's negative for us to speculate because, you know, I, I've never seen someone go on the, D, on the DL or someone be out for undisclosed medical reasons because they yeah. basically tell us. So that's, but, uh, that's I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. That, but usually with COVID, too, I mean, what we've been seeing is they will tell you. I mean, it, I don't know. It might be. Pl- it might be the player's choice. It you know? could be. Yeah, that's a very good call. 
So also, Yomer Sanchez and Trevor Cahill were expected to do something, but they kind of had their own little injuries, so they did not make the team. But they could definitely be part of this team at some point. Um, but yeah, so the, this roster, I, I kind of wanted to go through the entire thing and go, okay, where did this person come from? Where did this person come from? But I think the only way that I'm going to be able to get super familiar is just by watching the games. Yeah. To see sure. how Cap uh, Kapler uses certain guys in certain situations like... Um, you know, uh, you saw Cueto start and then, you know, Cueto gets pulled after it was like three innings or four innings. And that's not what he's used to. Right. No. He and, didn't like but, it. But because, that. but because they have the long, the, the long rosters, like you said, you can actually now start playing, uh, playing with, with your, with your relievers and, and go after some of these hitters and not have to worry about going so deep into games. But if if they do pull the roster down to 26, then you definitely have to start letting guys go a little bit deeper. I mean, we didn't even see Samarja pitch the entire series, and he's technically supposed to be their number two starter. Yeah, and that's what everyone thought. Here's your number two starter. Okay, four-game series against the Dodgers. Where was he? But I guess he he's going to go. He's going to go against the Padres. And and by the way, Padres opened up three three and one. So you know, the, not to say that 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 means anything right now because we don't really know. But you know, they got some really good young players. So to expect to come home and for the Giants to just like start beating up on the Padres, probably not going to happen. They're, That's they're pro- not going to happen. No. Yeah, I mean the the Padres are actually pretty stacked hitting wise. Um, they got a lot of good hitters. They've got uh, Machado. They've got... Um, is Tatis healthy? Tatis is healthy now. Um, so up and down their lineup, they're they're pretty good. Pitching-wise, still young. You know, still a lot of young guys there. Um, Diamondbacks are going to be an interesting team this year because, uh, you know, if these four games that we played against the Dodgers are any indication of who we are going to be, um, then the Diamondbacks, I think, are just pretty much going to be our competition for that number two spot. And, and, you know, one of the things that we didn't even talk about yet, though, is 16 teams in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's ridiculous. Be- you know, baseball, for the longest time, was the one sport that made it, that, that made the regular season mean something by only having the division winners go to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. yeah and now we kids, it's... That was insane. That was, I mean, <clears throat> you know, you win 103 games and you... Don't go to the playoffs. Yeah, and now they are the sport that allows uh, the most. I, I guess the NBA also is at 16. Right. But so, you know, w- could the Giants go 500? If they could go 500, they're in the running, which is kind of crazy to think about. <laughs> and it's going to be one of those things, too. Just like the playoffs are every year in baseball, the hottest team going into it is the team to beat. I mean, you you could win 108 games in a season, but if you're cold those last two weeks going into the playoffs, it could be a real tough time for you. And with no fans and no sound, you know, I don't think Astros are going to be able to bang garbage cans uh, very subtly. (laughs) (laughs) I think we found out Verlander went on the DL, right, with a forearm issue? Yeah, yeah. There's your your garbage can banger right there. (laughs) Well, that's also my ace of my fantasy baseball. (laughs) That's right. Not anymore. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, looking a little bit at, at Kapler, one thing that I didn't like, and this might simply be because I'm old school, is there has always been sort of a gentleman's agreement in baseball that you announce your lineups, you announce the starter, and you don't really play with that. Sometimes in other sports, they do that. Like people will be a little bit more uh, kind of stealth about certain things. So so to kind of give them a little bit of an edge. But in baseball, they generally don't do that. And Kapler held back the starting pitcher for, I think... Uh, it was at least two of the games, like way after Dave Roberts did. And Dave Roberts was just like, eh, you know, it's a little bit of gamesmanship. But he could sort of say that because, like you said, the Dodgers have the type of lineup that you can't really fool. Mm. Like you, if you're playing the whole game of are they starting a ready or are they starting a lefty? He wasn't going to change his lineup anyways. Yeah, right? the Dodgers are just like, we don't care. Like, who, who, it doesn't really matter to us. But that might be a thing. 
with some of these other teams whose lineups aren't as stacked, I still don't feel great about it because I feel like it's a little. Now, this is a this is a a phrase that might be so old fashioned that I hope it's not offensive, but it feels bush league to me. Yeah. And you know, I, I just hope that with the Kapler and the Zadie regime that we don't get into this being cute thing, and all of a sudden, you know, um, you know. Uh, Brandon Crawford's coming up and he just gets buzzed because the other team doesn't like, you know, the little gamesmanship that's going on. But, you know, and you know me, I'm also old school. Uh, We talk about that all the time. I love tradition. I love the baseball tradition. This year, you can throw all that out the window. Very true. And it doesn't bother me. I don't know why. I think it was if it was just a regular, we were coming off the Bochy era, Coming into the Kapler era, everything was normal. Uh, we were playing 162 games. I might have a problem with that and say, hey, you know, I don't care for that a whole lot. But then again, if it works, <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> That's, that is also true. <laughs> right. I mean, it gives you a little bit of an edge, and he discovered it. I mean, do you think fans of the Patriots? really care that Belichick likes to bend things a little bit? Yeah. Or they just like the rings? No, they just like the winning. (laughs) That's right. Okay, so uh, the pitching staff in general, like we mentioned with Samarja, kind of, you know, was he the number two? No, he's actually the number five, but then again, what does that mean? Um... Andrew Andrew Baggerly and and I'm reading him a ton because I I love the Athletic app. I, I read uh, Pavlovich as well, and sometimes Henry Schulman. Which you got me into the Athletic, I have to say, because you kept saying, "Hey, do you read it? Do you read it? Do you read it?" And I was like, "Ah, you know, I don't have time. I don't have this and that." Blah blah blah. So I finally, right after the Super Bowl this year, I thought, "Hey, I'm going to go ahead and grab it, and then that'll take me through the Super Bowl of next year." Yeah, uh, I'll get all this good. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm a Rams fan, Los Angeles Rams, so I get my Rams stuff. But the Giants' writing on the Athletic is phenomenal. Ba- Baggerly's at another level. Oh yeah, it's a, he. He's he's really amazing. Like he's he's at such another level that I'm like, I want this guy to write like fiction like i want to yeah. read something of his that is not even sports related because he's so good oh yeah but but baggerly calls i think he, I, I want to get this right but he he calls the pitching staff uh johnny hole staff meaning that kaplan and zadie are basically going to use the and like no nobody's on that staff to just be a long innings guy and to come in when they're down 10 or up 10. Everybody is going to be used and utilized. Now, some guys, you know, you'll 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 see in games in which they are, you know, up by a lot or down by a lot. You'll see who they allow to eat a little bit of innings, but you know, the the way that they're going to use this staff is they're going to treat the 3rd and the 4th inning in some cases, almost like it's the the eighth or the ninth because they have to protect and they're they're not going to, you know, they're not going to be scoring eight or nine runs a game. And so one of the ways to, to kind of bring the rest of the teams to their level is to try and stop the other team from scoring that many and to, and to go on, on these, you know, stretches of where they're plating several guys in any, like that's one thing you can do is, is if you bring in a Coonrod who throws 97 in the fourth inning, following someone who is still fresh, like you can actually stop a lot of, uh, a lot of rallies that way. Oh, for sure. And I mean, you know, he's kind of named Gott as the closer. That could change two games from now. I'm I'm sure it will. It's Yeah, it's not going to stay that way. He's going to start playing matchups, which is great. Um, I mean, if you can... We know his his first year in Philly, I believe it was the first couple weeks of the season, Philly's fans, which are a breed of their own, (laughs) were calling for his head two weeks Mm -hmm. into the season because he was mismanaging the bullpen insanely. Um, But now you can do that. He can take his philosophy. This season works for him. Uh, I think the test is going to be, well, next season, if things are back to normal and we're looking at a 26-man roster, um, what's he going to do? What's he going to do with the pitching staff there? Um, So it's going to be interesting because you you do need – when you when you go around Major League Baseball and you look at teams that are successful, there's usually an ace. There's usually a solid number two guy, and then your three, four, and five are usually pretty good. Um, so I think you know with getting some big contracts like Cueto and Samarja 
off the books in the coming years, I think the Giants are going to have a little more leeway to be able to do something like that and build that pitching staff again, that starting staff again. So you had an interesting um, comparison of yesteryear. And and look, you know, most of this stuff is going to be us talking about the current team, but I do want to talk about some of the teams of yesteryear. And you had mentioned that, you know, in a season like this, they may just, you know, if they, if there could be one or two players in the next year or two who could be game changers with a roster like this. And you had mentioned one of the teams that you were thinking about. So, and it could be one of these two teams in 1991 or the 1992 Giants. Um, The 92 Giants had Will Clark, Robbie Thompson, Matt Williams. Um, They were getting close to being gone from this team. Uh, They were just a couple of years away when Matt Williams was, what, 94? When he uh, not, I think he's traded in either 95 or 96. Oh, okay, okay, a little bit For later. Kent. Well, yeah, Will Clark, free agent after 93. Yeah. Um, Robbie Thompson didn't go too he, much longer. He went, I think they traded him after 95 season, I think. Because they, they, they picked him, they signed him over, over Will. Okay, yeah, that's right, that's right. 96 was his last year with the Giants, only 63 games. He didn't play more than 95 games his last three years with the Giants. I know, he, um, he could not shake the uh, the injuries. No, definitely not. Uh, but but it kind of reminds me of that, you know, 91, 92 team, trying to find, you've got your veterans, you've got your, you know, your Posey, you've got your belt, you've got your Longoria, um, you've got your Cueto Samarja, you're, and, and you've got all these young guys. Uh, you know, you got your... Dubons and um, you know Ruff, who's not, not as young as we want him to be, because we'd we'd like him to be around a couple more years to show us what he's got. He's thirty four years old, um, but and 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 you've got these younger kids and so Joey Bart and all those Joey guys. Bart. So yeah. I think you're just kind of looking for at this point one or two veteran pieces um, who are more in their prime. Let's say you know, 27, 28 years old, who can help bring this team along. I mean, they went out and got Bonds in 93, um, tried to get Harper last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the Giants are, this, this regime is not against making a splash. They're definitely not. I mean, Wilmer Flores, that was, you know, a big contract for what we thought this regime would do. Yeah. Um, bigger than we, what we thought they would do. Um, can, that, can, can we, yeah. Does this guy need a bigger glove? Does he need like throwing practice? Like he he looked like uh he looked like Fauci almost on on the on the the pitch on opening day on one of those throws. <laughs> like he he is a bit rough to watch. He um, can hit though. He can he hit. He can hit. He can hit. I just don't I think the Giants what they've kind of worked themselves into this year is yeah, they like their guys who can play you know, three, four different positions, but I don't think every player needs to play three or four different positions because then you get into a spot where you're like, Hey, I'm going to put Flores at second. Now that didn't work today. Let's (laughs) move him over to third. Now I kicked that one. So let's get him over here. So I I think that can kind of play against you. I mean, you look at the Phillies, they got Chris Kingry or not Chris, uh, Sean Kingry who could play anywhere. I mean, that guy can play anywhere on the field. But they don't have many other guys like that, so he, he can he can be plugged in, and that's what Kapler did with him uh, last season. So it does remember it does remind me a little bit of like the adage like if he can play everywhere, he can't really play anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and uh, the the one that from from when I was growing up was uh, and you'll remember this name, which is Joel Youngblood. Mm-hmm. Joel Youngblood, I think he came into the majors as a catcher. When he came to the Giants, I think he played a lot of third base. He might have played a little bit of second base, but I think he made like 30-some-odd errors one year at, at third base because it wasn't a natural position for him. No. And, and, you know, he he, he they, they tried to find a role for him because he, he was a scrappy player and he could hit a little bit. But, on that, you know, on those, that 85 team or whenever that was, I mean, you know, they didn't have very many good players. But, yeah, like, yeah, years, like that. Years later, you get like a guy like Ernest Riles. Mm-hmm. I mean, they loved his speed. You know, a decent outfielder. Uh, so they just kept trying to find places for him to play. And yeah, and he could, he was a great pinch hitter too. Come off yeah. the bench and, oh, yeah. and get you a big hit. Uh, okay. So as we close this down, expectations for this bizarro season 
in 2020. I feel like if they stay close to 500 baseball, I'm sort of like, wow, I can't, you know, I, 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 that's overachieving in my book. And, you know, with the nuttiness of the season, it's not out of the, you know, it's not out of my imagination for them to go, you know, 30 and 30 or something like that. But what are your expectations for their team this season? You know, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you on that. This team could scrap at 500. The only thing that's going to hold them back is defense at this point. Uh, they can, you know, they can hit. They don't have the power, but they're right in the middle of the pack when it when it comes to hitting this season so far. Four games in. I mean, what is that? But uh, <clears throat> the other thing that's going to hold them back is the schedule this year. Sixty game schedule. You're playing the National League West. And unfortunately, you're playing the American League West. Yep. And so you've got the Astros, you've got the A's who are on fire right now. Oh, my God. You've got the Angels who are, you know, losing close games to the A's. So you've got those three teams to fight with. Then you've got the Dodgers. Uh, then you've got the Diamondbacks. Um, you know, Padres and, and Rockies could put something together. So I think that that may be the only thing that keeps them out. If they were in, let's say the central uh, might have a little easier path to the playoffs. Um, but, but I think that's kind of what might hold them back right here. The, one of the things that I like to look at to really sort of figure out if a team, how good of a team is, is I, I like looking at run differential. Oh, don't look at this run. Differential. <laughs> first four games <laughs> and the giants minus 12 after those first four. Yeah. But you look at teams like, Houston, you know, after four games, plus 13, um, uh, pl Oakland plus six, uh, Dodgers, obviously, uh, uh, plus 12 and, and they split San Diego plus 12. So, you know, this is, it's too early to really use that as a metric, but I think, I think, you know, that that's the one that I'm going to be looking at because you're right. You know, the, both of those divisions are going to be hard. And I don't know. I think they play the Dodgers like just an inordinate, uh, inordinate amount of games this year. And, you know, if the, you know, what, what, what's actually kind of cool is if you look at, you know, the last. Uh, so we, we the Giants last won the title in 2016. So if you take I think if you go back to 2012 or 2013, the Dodgers just win in the division every year. But in that time frame. The Dodgers record versus the Giants is only a plus one. So they've only won one more game than they've lost against the Giants. So no matter how good this Dodgers team is, for whatever reason, the Giants play them tough. That is my hope. That my hope is that they can get pretty close. You know, if they can get close to splitting or, you know, being, you know, one or one or two uh, either way is, is my hope. Because if they can do that, I think getting close to 500 is uh, is in the cards for them but if all of a sudden you know do you know how many games they play against the Dodgers it's like 14 or something or 10 you know, or something it, like that it is a big number um i want to say it's around 13 and i think the majority of them are going to be in LA yeah yeah i know that so that's that's going to be really uh, how they play the Dodgers is going to be a big part of all of this. And if they can play them close, like they've played them in the last seven years, then I think they do have a shot. And, and, and playoffs at that point would not be out of reach, right? So I, th I think it's 10. I think they do play them 10 times out of this out of the 60. So it's a good chunk of, of the season right there. It's, oh, it's yeah. 10 times playing Dodgers. So It is. That's right. Seven in L.A., three in San Francisco. Um, okay, so you know we we come up. Uh, if you are listening to this, more than likely on a Tuesday morning, maybe Monday night, and they have three with the Padres uh, at home. Like I said, Padres started the season uh, three and one, and then in come the uh, the Rangers, and they play the Rangers uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So yes. next uh, next six games, Padres and Rangers, and they literally don't have another day off until August 13th. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that's we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll already have played the, the they play the Dodgers and the Astros back to back two yes. two three game sets. That's going to be rough on the road. So they're in Colorado for four to start that road swing then go to LA for three and then go to Houston for three. 
And you know how we play in Colorado. <laughs> we like to get those nice big seven to two leads and oh, yeah. then oh, yeah. cough them up and make it a 13 to 11 ball game. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you know, you'll, I can still see Tim Lincecum muttering under his breath <laughs> right. at the baseball. <laughs> I want to hit in Colorado. I've never hit a home run in my life. <laughs> Played how many years and I never hit a home run. I want to go to Colorado and just take a couple hacks. Oh, yeah. Totally. All right. So, you know, I think I think we're pretty much done here. And, and you know, we um, we didn't really know, like we, we kind of had a loose agenda, but I, I really wanted this to feel uh, just like a fun conversation because you and I have these conversations online and and stuff otherwise. Uh, so this is not anything we wouldn't be talking about already. But hopefully this was entertaining. Hopefully there was some information in there that uh, that that maybe you didn't know. But, you know, my whole goal for this is just to do something fun, get Brad out of retirement (laughs) to show how much of an, uh, an SJSU legend he really is and was. And, uh, and do the, and and look, you know, if we can do this uh, once a week or once every 10 days or something, uh, I'm going to have a blast. I hope that you will have a blast. I hope people enjoy it. I, I, I have to tell you, I'm very glad that you asked me again and uh, I have to admit, I got a little push from the wife. She, she said, you got it. <laughs> I love you that. You got to leave me alone for like an hour out of the day. <laughs> Go into the den, talk to Garrett about baseball and let me do my thing. I said, all right, love that's it. cool. That I works. love it. But I love it. All right, man. Um, so we will uh, not get we you know at some point maybe we'll try to get on a schedule, but uh, we, we'll we'll call the next episode sort of you know when when we decide when we can figure out that schedule. Uh, we're both we're both pretty pretty busy with the families and stuff. And okay. uh, and uh, I do want to ask something though. Oh yeah, of people who are listening, if you decide that uh, you dig this and you dig the older part of talking Giants baseball. You know, and you're on that Facebook page or you're on Twitter and you follow either one of us or see us on there. Just throw out a name from the 80s or 90s, a, a ball player from the 80s or 90s that you, you want us to talk about. And we'll give you our take on them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it like if it's from like you know, I have this weird thing of like 83, 83. to like 89. Yeah. I know so many players from that time frame. I don't know why it's that time frame either. Like, of course, I know a lot of guys from the 90s and then, you know, through the 2000s. And those are some great teams. And then, of course, the three title teams. But, you know, if you add, like, I, I can probably name, like, the opening day lineup to the 87 Giants. Oh, there you go. Like, and, 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 yeah. and, and, and this is this kind of a trivia question, you know, go back to the name of this podcast, which is Thompson to Clark. Did you know Will Clark hit leadoff in opening day that year? I do, and I was sitting in front of the TV and watched him hit that. That uh, you're talking '87? Yeah, '87. Yeah, hit hit the bomb off of Nolan Ryan as a leadoff hitter. Because and then it's funny too because now every you, you see that on TV. I don't know how many times a year now. If you're a Giants fan, you watch it, and it still baffles me to this day that he was batting leadoff. <laughs> yeah, I mean no. every time, every time a, I he, see that, I'm just like, well, what? I I did not remember that. And when I was a kid, I didn't know. You know, I, I was 14, so I didn't think leadoff hitter. This is your prototypical yeah. or not your prototypical or whatever. But uh, now I watch it. I go, <laughs> Will Clark's hitting leadoff. All right. Okay, so the season you're thinking about, I think he may have hit two against Nolan that year. We'll have to look that up and come okay, back. okay, because that was 86. Oh, my bad, I think. my bad, my bad. But he may have he may have been in the two slot that season, and then in eighty seven, which was maybe you know probably the second best year of his career. It was it was the biggest home run season that he had with the Giants. I think he hit like thirty five jacks that year. He did. You're telling me Will Clark hit leadoff in eighty seven. He opening day. Opening day. And the reason why I remember this is because I used to read the media guides front to back. Like a hundred times. That's why I remember. Oh this. man, that is, that is amazing. I, you know, when I thought in '86 when he hit that bomb off of Nolan Ryan, he was the leadoff hitter in that game. 
I don't, I'm trying to remember I, who who would have been the leadoff hitter, but I, I do. I, I he may have been two. We'll we'll figure it out. I, I'm there. I'm there. Baseball Reference probably has the lineups, you know, for all of those games, and and we can oh, yeah. verify and validate that information. I'm going um, there right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, so hope you enjoyed this. Uh, technically, the second episode, but really the first episode with Brad and I. And uh, and yeah, you know, if you enjoyed it, definitely, you know, there's a there's a thing on Apple Podcasts where you can give us a little rating, maybe even give us a review. Uh, I, I definitely want to keep doing this throughout the season, and then we'll sort of figure out what happens. I want to uh, interview some of the folks that I know. Uh, I've I've already asked uh, my friend Carmen Q, who uh, I think she's she's doing stuff for NBC Sports Bay Area. Uh, she's kind of made her own niche. When I remember her as like the GIF woman, she would just gif all the fun moments on twitter <laughs> and so uh, i want to talk to her and there's other people yeah, that that, sure. that we can talk talk to and uh and uh, and yeah so we're gonna have fun with this so i hope you enjoyed it so for brad i am double g we'll see you later peace out peace